0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito.
2: Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. This morning, our special guest is Ed Wallace. Ed is Chief Relationship Officer at the Relational Capital Group. Can't wait to hear more about that. And he's author of Business Relationships That Last, Five Steps to Transform Contacts into High-Performing Relationships. Ed, welcome to the show this morning. Well, it's
3: great to be with you.
2: It's wonderful to be with you today. Now, where are you today?
3: I am on vacation at the New Jersey shore, believe it or not, in the middle of December. Oh. And it is one of the most wonderful times to be down here because uh, even though you can't go in the ocean right now, uh, there aren't a lot of people around and it's just a great time to spend with your family having, having the holidays down here. Yeah, so we're on opposite quality coast.
2: quality time.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Well, terrific. Well, we're glad that you took some time out of your vacation to be with us here today. You have a really important message. You know, in the last year, it has been a tough time for a lot of people in business. And I think that what they're discovering is that um, it's not just a matter of how smart they are or how successful they've been, but that these relationships, as you've been talking about, really matter. So we're going to talk today about how that can make their 2010 a better year. So, Ed, I want to know about you. We want to know kind of where you came from and how you got to this place of believing that relationships are the key to success. So why don't you tell us kind of where you where you've come from, you know, what your career path has been. Well,
3: believe it or not, Cheryl, I'm a CPA, and um, I've been in recovery for the past 25 years. Uh, And I I always like to make that joke, and I see that (laughs) in most of my keynote speeches, even with accounting firm clients, and everybody gets a kick out of that because I was hard-skilled trained. I'm actually an analytical person. Uh, But what I found was that, you know, that got you into the conversation, but the, it, it was really the way you were able to connect with people, the way you built credibility, the way they could trust you, and the way you could be yourself. There really is what made the difference in securing clients. Uh, hmm. So I spent some time in accounting with, uh, with Ernst & Winnie, which is now Ernst and & Young, and right. then, um, I, then I took a job um, in sales with a $1 million high-tech firm here on the East Coast, and uh, I just loved sales, and I loved connecting with people, and I loved... Building relationships, and I really, I really found the secret to success was not so much how good our products and services were, but was how much they were willing to trust us and the kind of brand we built. So I spent um, 20 years with this firm. We grew the firm from a million to 120 million. So it was quite a neat ride for me. Uh, I reached a pretty senior level. I was the number three person in the company. And then um, imagine this: it's a Friday afternoon in the summertime. You're sitting in your office. And your phone rings. Now, I, should have, I was supposed to be out golfing this day, and my friend canceled that morning serendipitously when you hear what happens. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I pick up the phone. It's my wife, Laurie. And she sounds a little nervous. And I said, what's wrong? She goes, well, Grant fell. Grant is our younger son. He was 8 years old at the time. And he fell down off a skateboard. And she said, you need to go to our friend's house, and, and I can't get there in time. I'm out, I'm out somewhere, and I can't get there as fast as you can. So I head over to the house, and their house is about 15 minutes from my office. About halfway there, the phone rings again. It's my wife, Laurie, again. Now My wife is an ER nurse, so a lot of things don't panic her. She didn't Mm. sound really that composed. And she said, "Um, you really need to get to the helipad at the community college. Grant is going to be medevaced to the children's hospital. I don't know if I can get there before you get there, and you may have to go with him. How's that? <laughs> wow. Well,
2: I'm laughing that's because not what that. you expect to hear on a Friday afternoon.
3: Imagine that, right? Uh, so I pull into the helipad, and I know you are one of the leading executive coaches in the world, and, and I've been through all kinds of executive coaching. I don't know what kind of coaching could prepare anyone for that kind of scene. Mm-hmm. As you pull in, you see a helicopter with, its, with rotors going. You see a, uh, an ambulance. Uh, with a bunch of people crowded around a stretcher, which is where your son is with the blocks around his head. Um, and, and you see, you know, your wife's not there yet, so you're figuring, oh, my gosh, i got to make all these decisions. And you see fire trucks, you see policemen. So when I went, I, I ran to where my son was, and I, I start tickling his feet, and he moved them. So I'm like, oh, my God, thank God, he's not paralyzed. So I had the sense to think of that. But he was really kind of in and out of consciousness. Fast forward, Grant got a helicopter ride with Laurie to the the Children's Hospital, and uh, he just had a very severe concussion. Um, But a lot of things changed for me that weekend, and this was about five years ago. And what changed was I started thinking, you know, I've got this nice, comfortable job. Now, I've I've paid my dues to earn where I am, uh, and I could probably ride this out for the next 15 years, or I could try to do something even more meaningful. And that's when I started thinking about and conceptualizing this business, about how to help organizations and individuals build great business relationships. Hmm. And uh, from that moment on, about a year later, I actually launched the business. So it, it was a cathartic moment for me, even though it was a hor- horrific moment for my son and for the family. He's fine hmm. today. Rest assured, everybody's doing well. And I, but he's the reason, his, his incident's the reason we're on the phone today. It's kind of interesting.
2: Well, it's always important to recognize those pivotal moments in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I appreciate you sharing that story in that way because it really, I think, is helpful for people to understand that the quote, quote unquote climb up the ladder or career success path does not always look like go to school, get your MBA, get one promotion, get the next, and that that's what makes you successful. You're saying that you know, you have to have what I call 360-degree vision, yes. paying attention to all the elements of your life and all the moments that can make a difference.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I think the key is to find something that you care deeply about, a passion, mm. and, and follow it. And you know, And I was very fortunate. I was able to do this seamlessly because of the, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the uh, financial position I was in because of the, the years I invested in this company and everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I wouldn't discourage anyone from trying something like, you know whatever your dream is, if you want to be a chef and you're working in accounting, go be a chef at night mm-hmm. and, and try to find a way to make, turn that into a business uh, mm-hmm. because we only have so much time. And, and, and our lives and our lifespans are a blip, as we know, in the 15 billion years the universe has existed or however long it's been. So, you know, how, how are you going to be memorable? How, how are you going to distinguish mm. yourself? And, mm. and I, I like to use the word distinguish, Cheryl, instead of differentiate. Um, mm. Everybody is differentiating themselves today. Everybody uses that phrase. It's become commoditized, in my opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, my
3: marketing friends do not like when I bring this up because everywhere on their website... <laughs>
2: For their companies, right, right. they say,
3: here's how our firm differentiates. But uh-huh. but let me ask you a question: Does mean what does dif- What does differentiate mean to you, Cheryl, when you hear it? What does differentiate mm-hmm.
2: mean? Um, set apart.
3: Right, but does that mean better, or just different? Oh no, no exactly just different. Mm-hmm. But if you distinguish yourself, and that's mm. what we try to encourage our clients, our friends, in conversations with experts like yourself to think about you know, how, how do you distinguish yourself, especially in these times that you mentioned earlier where uh, things maybe weren't as secure as they were. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you can distinguish yourself and have great relationships, they're portable. They go across industries. They go across companies. And, and, sure. and they're really assets you're building for life, not just in that industry mm-hmm. that you're in today.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm curious about the company, the relational capital group. Sure. Have you trademarked that, that phrase, relational capital? <laughs> uh, it's, well, it's beautiful,
3: yeah. <laughs> you know, but you don't hear it very often. Exactly. Well, well, well I'll, I'll define it for you first. That relational capital, as I define it, is the, the distinctive value, there's that word again, that people create in a business relationship. Mm. So it's the value that we create with each other in a relationship that leads to incredible business performance. And wow. there's all kinds of studies by Northwestern, the Kellogg School, and others. I won't get into rationale. I think we all believe that relationships lead to good performance. But there's all kinds of studies that can document all that. And again, I won't bore us and your audience with that. I think we believe in that. But relational capital is the distinctive value. That's my definition. Prior to my definition, uh, it was the value of certain intangible assets on balance sheets, back to my accounting days, uh, like uh, copyright. So it, it, was a, it was more of a macro term, and I chose to bring it down to uh, an individual term. Now, in, in terms of trademarking, uh, it, it, you, I really couldn't trademark relational capital. Uh, the relational capital group has trademark. Uh, It's also incorporated uh, Mm -hmm. different terms like the relational ladder, which I'm I'm sure we'll get to, relational GPS, which is the latest concept we're engineering right now. They've all been trademarked. RQ, like your relational intelligence, Mm -hmm. we've trademarked Mm -hmm. that. So, yes, we've been pretty lucky. A lot of these things have not been trademarked, and I have a good attorney.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So your role, Chief Relationship Officer, Mm -hmm. um, sounds like it could be, The most vital role of the company
3: well you know i founded the firm four years ago and it was just me and now we count about 15 people between Mm -hmm. our uh... the people who do different operational things for us and selling like have to still sell and also our coaches Uh, so we actually have executive coaches uh... Mm -hmm. they don't work at the level that you work cheryl and, and, and and that you're affiliated with we work specifically on developing action plans around relationships. So uh-huh. when, when, when one of our clients wants a real holistic executive coach like what you're involved with, then we'll refer them uh, uh-huh. where, where they're going to talk about the, you know, their self-awareness. W- what we'll do is we'll say, look, think of five people who are going to help you achieve your objectives next year. How are you going to advance the relationship with them? And we'll walk them through a process on how to do that. So we're very laser-focused on what we do. And the Chief Relationship Officer title, I use that title because we work with a lot of CEOs, as you do, and we want the CEOs to start thinking about themselves as the Chief Relationship Officer of the business, even though they have the title CEO, because they'll all say to me, in fact, we did some research for the new book, and in Business Relationships that Last, and in there, 88% of executives responded that relationships are the key to their success. The paradox is less than 5% actually had any plans on how to advance their relationships.
2: <laughs> well, I, that's really a good point because I, don't you think that people just assume that relationships are going to take care of themselves?
3: Yeah, they, they do. And, and, and what I say to the CEOs and the VPs of sales that we work with and even the directors of HR and the VPs of HR, I'll say, you know, you've got plans for everything down to the minutest detail, Yet when I ask you about your plans for relationships, you you say, we Mm -hmm. just hire great people. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, well, I I say that's great. It's great to hire great people, but your competitors are hiring great people, too. And by the way, great people can be hired away. What are you Mm -hmm. doing to put any – what are you doing – and this is where, you know, if I can use this phrase again, how we distinguish ourselves Mm -hmm. in our firm, we we teach a process that can Mm -hmm. be implemented and can be followed by, even you know, even, you know, everybody says the high achievers can always follow process, but the middle of the road folks in, in a sales organization or in a leadership organization, they can follow steps. And mm-hmm. if you can follow steps, you can advance relationship with the process that we, we call the relational ladder.
2: Well, let's talk about what the difference is between your process and, and the outcomes you achieve and the concept of networking. You know, networking has been, in business has been around for a very long time. Um, it, you know, I think over the centuries it has been pretty informal over the last, so oh, 20, 30 years, there's been an attempt to formalize the process of networking with varying degrees of success. I hear a lot of people say, oh, God, I have to go to one of those networking <laughs> things tonight. Uh, I rarely hear people excited about going to a, quote, unquote, networking event, and yet that's supposed to be all about creating relationships. So what, why, why do you think people have such a um, negative response to the idea of networking?
3: Well, I, I, first of all, I think networking is important, and I think it's an initial step. In, in getting yourself out there. And, and when we talk about the relational ladder, the first step is establishing common ground. There's five steps in this ladder, and I'm sure we'll get to that later in the discussion, but, but to, to, get, to be specific on your, on your question and observation, uh, it's on you in the beginning of any business relationship to put yourself out there. Networking is one way to do that. Getting referrals is another way to do that. Well, the challenge we have is we go to these events, we gather up a bunch of cards, and then we don't do anything with them. Uh-huh. We, we don't have a plan. And what, what, I, what I suggest to our clients is, you know, think about what you're trying to achieve. What are your objectives for the next 12 months? Think about hard business objectives. Okay, now, think about five people you need to, to either advance a relationship with or meet. If it's someone you need to meet, go meet them at a networking event. If it's, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So the networking is, yeah. is, is, is the beginning what we try to do is we try to put process around what you do next. Uh, you know, you get, you get all those LinkedIn invitations and all that, but no one does anything with them. We'll teach our clients. Right. We'll say, look, you know what? Of all the people out there in your LinkedIn network, who are the most important ones that you really actually should go meet? And I think that's the other thing. We'll, we'll go to a networking event, and we won't actually then follow up and set up a lunch meeting or anything like that because we really don't know who to do it with because we're overwhelmed with how, all the people we met. And all the cards we have. And that's why I say think of objectives first, then think about people. And most of our clients have never done that, which is shocking to me. But um. you know what? There's a first for everything, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I think that people would be relieved to know that um, the networking, the attending that networking meeting, the reaching out, getting a business card, is only the first step to something else that they can follow, that there's more they can learn in terms of what they can do next. We're going to talk about that when we return right after this message.
1: consulting, developing leaders worldwide.
4: This ain't your mama's brain and health show. Tune in and get ready for entertainment and information about your mind and body that will really change your life. Primal Body, Primal Mind Radio is a sane departure from conventional thinking about diet, health, and the brain. Host Nora Gedgaudis will also combine humor and science to illuminate the mind and open your eyes to the principles of neurofeedback and diet, which can help you and your family live a better life primal body primal mind radio airs live wednesdays at 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern on the voice america health and wellness channel
0: self-leadership is more important than corporate leadership in the hustle and bustle world we live in we need to be reminded that in all failures and successes we are the common denominators each week let daniel gutierrez help bring you the tools you need to manage self-leadership resulting in self-success make your mark in your industry Make sure you listen to Right Here, Right Now, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: We appreciate you joining our Leading Conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
2: And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Our guest this morning, Ed Wallace, author of Business Relationships That Last has been talking about how we do this, how we create really important relationships that make a difference not only in our business but in our life. So, Ed, we left off the previous segment um talking about the concept of networking and how people have such visceral responses to the idea. <laughs> and you're saying that um networking as we know it, the traditional go meet and greet is only the first step and that the follow-up is really where um, a lot of the power is. But I think people don't even really know how to do that and do it well. So can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Sure, sure. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, well, you know, the net, you have to put yourself out there, as I mentioned previously. And, but you want to put yourself out there in, in, into groups that are aligned with the objectives that you're trying to achieve and that might have common goals with you as well. So uh-huh. once you identify who those individuals are, and they're not groups, they have to be individuals, it's hard to build a relationship with an association.
2: There's uh, got to right. be
3: someone in the association that you need to go out and meet and have lunch with. Uh, business is not done between Blackberries, as we know. I've never seen uh-huh. Blackberries shake hands over a business deal. Uh,
2: <laughs>
3: and, and, we, and we have thousands, and I know you do as well, ethereal relationships where we're only communicating over email, we're only communicating over technology, we're probably not conducting a lot of business together. Uh-huh. And uh, so, so, so you, you, you go to your networking event, your association event, whatever that is, but you go with the idea that, number one, you've got, you, you understand what your goals are to ac- accomplish your objectives for the next year, and number two, you go with what, with what I call the principle of worthy intentions. And the principle huh. of worthy intentions is putting your contact or colleagues' goals, passions, and struggles ahead of your own. And you go in. Wait, and wait, the, so
2: can you say that again as you're putting your, your, colleague,
3: your co- uh-huh. the, the principle of worthy intention, as I outline in my book, is putting your colleague or client or prospect, whatever phrase you want uh-huh. to use, your peer, uh-huh. your manager, whoever that is their uh-huh. goals, passions and struggles, which I call their GPS, which we'll talk about that in a minute, hmm. ahead of your own. Their, hmm. The achievement of their goals needs to come first. Uh, we're in a service economy, and you know, everyone is in some kind of service capacity. We, you and I right. both are. And if we go in thinking about achieving our goals first, now we know what our goals are, but if we go in leading with those, we're not going to distinguish right. ourselves from the other people that those people have met. But if you go in and find a way to establish that it's about them and not about your goals, uh, that is the key to success. And I always say that a business relationship begins not when you shake hands at a networking event, not when you have lunch together, but they begin when your contact or colleague or client shares an aspect of their relational GPS, and the relational mm-hmm. GPS is their business goals or goals, business or personal goals, things they care deeply about, their passions. That's the P or things that they're struggling with, either on a business front or on a personal front. Now, I have trademarked this one, Cheryl. <laughs> and this will be the next book will all evolve around uh, relational GPS. Uh, in fact, oh, uh, I will email you a white paper that was just published by uh, CEO Reads on that. You may want to share that with your audience. Um,
2: oh, I will. Uh,
3: yeah, it's really, it's like seven pages, real easy to read. and it, it, So, so, so we, I came up with this concept because I was, I was thinking, okay, how do we get around today? Well, these GPS systems are great. They get us through traffic. They get us through construction, and they're the new roadmap to our travel success. But well, what's the roadmap to our relational success? And I've always thought that when, I, when someone tells me something they're struggling with, I know they're starting to trust me, and I know they're maybe looking for some of my help. So mm-hmm. it starts with your worthy intentions. Uh, it starts with asking them good questions and mm-hmm. not telling them all about yourself. And, and I do an exercise, which I think you, you may want to consider this for your coaching session someday, uh, where you're in a room with a group of people that don't know each other. You have them introduce themselves to each other and then say, one of you, please share a goal, passion, or struggle with the other person. And the other person has to ask them questions about it for four minutes without t- t- saying anything about themselves.
5: Oh. The,
3: the blank stares I get when I do that in a <laughs> of 100 people, at the four-minute mark, Cheryl, I cannot stop the conversations. Right. At the five-minute mark, I cannot stop. But at first, everybody's apprehensive. So when you go to your networking events or you're trying to start a relationship, you want to ask them questions. You want to do your homework. Uh, and I, again, I call that the relational GPS, which is the roadmap to your relational success. So we've got this principle of worthy intentions. We've got this uh, relational GPS. You know, what, what qualities do we have? or do we need to exhibit in a business relationship and I've come up with 3 and and we all have these there's no value judgment when I talk about these but we need to reappreciate how important they are and they're pretty simple. The first one is credibility and credibility is the power to elicit belief. It's not yeah. integrity. It's it's which everybody thinks credibility is integrity. There's a fine distinction between those two. The first one, though, is the gatekeeper. And think about it. Until someone believes that you can help them with their problem, their goal, passion, or struggle, why are they going to trust you with an issue?
2: Right, right.
3: And and the best way to develop credibility, Cheryl, is to ask good questions. That's why we talk about the relational GPS exercise that I just mentioned. So once you're credible... And, and you know you're credible because they start sharing things with you. Oh, my gosh, we're really struggling with this, this issue in, in this project at work. Or I'm you know, having this personal problem with my peer here. And I'm sure you hear that all the time in, in, your coach, mm-hmm. in your executive coaching sessions with CEOs, et cetera. I mean, talk about being on an island. Those CEOs are on such an island. Um, you bet. They've got to have an executive coach because they have no one else to talk to. <laughs> but once, <laughs> they right. start, once they start believing in you and that you're credible, then they'll share something with you. Then you have a chance to display your integrity, and that's the second quality is integrity, and that is when you live up to your promises. You keep your commitments, mm-hmm. and it could mm-hmm. be a little commitment. It could be a big commitment. So the right. first two qualities that go into relational capital are credibility and integrity, and then the third quality, and you and I chatted about this offline, is authenticity, and that's being yourself, as, as you know.
2: Right. And,
3: and the, more, the, the more there's a convergence of those three qualities, think of a Venn diagram with the three circles intersecting. Uh-huh, that uh-huh. intersection is relational capital. And the, and the greater that intersection, the greater the chances are that you're building great value with that person in that relationship and you're going to achieve things together. So if we, if we go right back to the beginning, there's a principle. It's called worthy intentions. It's putting their, their needs ahead of yours. It's putting their goals, passions, and struggles uh-huh. ahead of yours. The second, principle, the second aspect is, is there are three qualities, and we do that. We, we, we learn about their goals, passions, and struggles through our credibility, our integrity, and our, and our authenticity. And, and then, you know, as I was writing this book, this is my third book, I thought, okay, well, how do people learn, though? I mean, we can, we can read stories and anecdotes, and we can look at philosophy on credibility and all, but how do we put this into action? Because mm-hmm. if things can't be implemented, I'm not satisfied. I mean, I don't know how many programs and training I went through over the years when I, was, I had 100 people I was responsible for, and it was great when you went to the event, but then everything dissipated after the event. How sure, do you, how do you sure. take stuff and implement it, Cheryl? And uh, a great friend of mine is Michael Bosworth, and, and Michael is the, um, the uh, godfather of solution selling. He, he, he trademarked that phrase and was very successful training companies on that over the years. And, and we're all in sales. No matter how you want to cut it, uh, mm-hmm. if we're not selling co- products and services, we're selling our ideas internally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're selling our concepts to the people that we coach, etc. cetera. Uh, so uh, Michael said to me, Ed, you know, you know, without process, we don't do things on purpose. <laughs> like, wow, yeah. I don't know if that's good grammar, Mike, but... Uh, But without process, we don't do things on purpose. And I thought, you know, we all need a routine. And we're generally comfortable when we get up, and we know what we have to do that day, and we have it mapped out, rather than we're just going out. So think about our business relationships. Can we create a routine around them? Can we create a process so we know where we stand and what we should do? So I came up with five steps, and I use a ladder uh, as the model because we all know what a ladder looks like. And, mm-hmm. and, again, mm-hmm. we want to distinguish ourselves. We want to remember things. Uh, a ladder represents advancement. You can go up, you, can, you, you advance up steps, and you can achieve a goal at the top of that ladder. A ladder also represents you could fall off a ladder, and we can fall back in a business relationship. Right, Cheryl? Right. Uh, so so I, I use this ladder. The other thing, if you think about a ladder, it's got a frame. And uh, if, if in my relational ladder, when I, before I put the five steps into it, which we'll cover, uh, I look at the, our hard and our soft skills on the frame. And if you can picture a ladder with hard skills on one side and soft on the other, we sometimes tend to lean where we're more comfortable, where we're strongest. And, and that's a great thing, but you know, if I lean too hard on being a CPA, I'd be, be stereotyped at some point and kind of locked into a certain role or, or position within whatever I was trying to accomplish. If I lean too hard on the soft side and overly communicated or uh, overly entertained or whatever we view as soft skills, uh, then I get stereotyped that way. And a ladder needs to remain in balance or we fall off it as well. Uh So the relational ladder then, if you could picture the relational ladder, you've got your hard and your soft skills on the frame, and you've got five rungs that keep everything in balance. And the first rung is establishing common ground, which we've already spent some time on. The second rung is displaying integrity and trust. The third rung is using our clients' time purposefully. The fourth rung is offering help uh, because our clients don't really and our friends don't really want our help when they're first meeting us. But as we advance the relationship up the ladder, they're more prone for proactive and and unsolicited help from us. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the top of the ladder is when you can go to them and say, "I really need your help," and you can ask for help. So there's five, so five these, steps.
2: So these steps, these five steps. I mean, is there ever a time when it's appropriate to go out of order in these steps, or must we always <laughs> travel up the ladder in the order you outline them?
3: Well, I always like to I always like to put a qualifier on it. I'm glad you brought that up, Cheryl. And the qualifier is that relationships are fluid and uh-huh. the latter is a model, and sometimes you can go right to the top in one interaction. If you think uh-huh. about Starbucks, Starbucks, when they serve you coffee, they're trying to get to the top right off the bat. Uh-huh. They're trying to get your name, they're trying to remember, and, and they do a great job of that. And, and uh-huh. it, So they're trying to create great relationships in 90 seconds. Uh, when uh-huh. you're involved in more of a complex situation, a complex business situation, uh-huh. uh, it, it's going to take a while for that business professional to share their gps with you it's going to take multiple sessions of getting together and asking questions and, display, and and showing how credible you are by the questions you ask so yes you know you can you know you might you know the third let the third ladder rung is using time purposely well heck you can use that right off the bat before your first meeting and plan that meeting out so yes you can go out of order the reason i i, I try to put them put them in order is because i like people to be able to say you know what Here's where I am in the ladder with this person. Uh Here's what I should try next. There are three dimensions as you advance up the ladder. The first one is that of being an acquaintance. And we all know what acquaintances are. We need to spend more time to get to know each other. And and that's the first rung. When you're getting on that first rung of establishing common ground, your acquaintances. But as you get to the middle of that ladder and you're sharing GPS with each other, it's really becoming a two-way relationship and this is where the networking goes out of the way and now it's a true business relationship and you're behaving as professional peers with each other and professional peers there's no hierarchy Uh, you know that you're the vendor and they're the buyer all that stuff goes away and you're trying to solve common business problems together Uh you have uh a common vision common goals and as a coach Uh you know how powerful it is when the people you're working with have the same vision, that you, that you, you share the mm-hmm. same vision on their advancement, right? Right, right. And then when you get to the very top of the ladder, and, and the, really the sweet spot is the professional peer uh, dimension, but when you get to the top, you're what I call respected advisors. Now, there's mm-hmm. been an awful lot written on trusted advisor, uh, and it's a great it's a great concept. The challenge I found with trusted advisor when I was developing this concept was it felt one way to me. Uh, my accountant, my, my trusted advisor is my attorney. Uh, respected advisors offer each other unsolicited referrals. Respected advisors share planning processes confidentially with each other. Respected advisors mm-hmm. ask each other for advice on colleges for their kids. Uh, mm-hmm. so, too, so, so a lot about what we are talking about today is about taking an acquaintance, uh, an acquaintance dimensional relationship and making it into a friendship at either a professional or a respected advisor level.
2: And that's the relational ladder. Well, and that gives us that, <laughs> that's great. That gives us an absolute great step-by-step process to really assess how we are in relationships, how we show up, where we are in, in together with the person we're trying to create relationship with. Um, this is really very important and, and I believe distinctive from what you read about, you know, how to create relationships. This is really great, Ed. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to speak more about relational capital. We'll be right back.
4: Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business.
1: consulting developing leaders worldwide
4: everyone is unique in their health as well as their illness therefore achieving optimal health is a personal journey join host pamela hyen for creating your healthy life a program made to educate encourage and empower you on your personal journey pamela and her guests will explore the who what and why of alternative health and many more subjects of interest Listen for Creating Your Healthy Life, Thursday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer.
4: the business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
1: We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl.
2: And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with Ed Wallace today. Ed is the author of Business Relationships That Last, Five Steps to Transform Contacts into High-Performing Relationships. So, Ed, we've been having a great conversation this morning. I love the information you're providing to our listeners. Um, Real practical, can put it to good use, information. Now, you know... This last year has been uh, very challenging for many people in business, as you know. 2009 um, is a year probably many people are saying, glad that one's done. Mm-hmm. And yet there are uh, more challenges ahead. You know, tell us what you see in terms of um, the 21st century business landscape. Um, you know, is it different than it used to be? Has this last year really made um, the way we do business going forward different from the way we have in the past?
3: You know, you know, Cheryl. I think I can summarize my thought on that in one in one in one sentence, and it is: you know, in today's business climate, almost everything can be commoditized, digitized, or outsourced, except for relationships. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that. Um, you know, every company sells value and price.
2: <laughs> right, so eventually right. you
3: get to, the you, the, you get to the, you, the, you reduce it to the ridiculous. How do you distinguish yourself? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, w- I, I, we work with Gen Xers, and even now the, the, the next Gen, the Gen Ys, I guess they are. And what we find is they're trying to... Uh, do business electronically now there's a you know, you know email and all the great electronic tools I have a I have an iPhone all that stuff is great stuff uh, but at the end of the day you still need to some somehow sit down it might be a video conference but you have to sit down with people and you have to establish a relationship and advance the relationship and understand their goals passions and struggles as we mentioned earlier in order to achieve your own goals and help them achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, while business is, is, is changing, it, it's all about performance today. And companies are so quick to reduce, reduce, reduce uh, in the face of whatever pressures they're under is leading those organizations. Mm-hmm. How do you distinguish yourself in that tornado of reduction? Well... Right. <laughs> Generally, the people with great relationships stick around. <laughs> they become leaders in the new business environment, whatever, that, whatever comes out of that tornado of reduction, and they're right. the ones that continue on. So, you know, I, I'm such an apostle for this idea that you cannot separate relationships from performance. They are, not, they, they are intrinsically linked. And the better the relationships you have, the better business performance you're going to achieve. And the better and, and if I look back on my career... Even when I played Little League Baseball, uh, it was the relationships I had with the coaches, with my teachers, with my professors, that one thing led to another. I've had so many people since I started this business seek me out to see how they could help me. Uh, It's just been a remarkable experience. Uh, Nothing I ever asked for. Uh, so, So I think that it, it's a fundamental thing. Now we don't teach this in college. We don't learn. Right. The, we don't learn about relationships. Uh, you know, our program has now been adapted by the human, re- the master's program at Villanova. We're actually teaching it at Villanova to the master, the, the human resource master students there now, uh-huh. and also in the exec ed at Drexel University. But at the undergraduate level, no one is talking about business relationships because the undergraduate curriculums have to fit so much stuff in to keep their accreditations, and it's mostly hard-skilled things. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. We're, we're sending everyone out there, and hard skills were fine in, 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 for, in my lifetime and years. They were fine up until the last five ten years. Now it's all about, you know what? Can I trust this person with my employees? Right. Is this person believable to my clients? Do, are they really being themselves? All the qualities we talked about, and how do you exhibit those? So that's what, that's what I think going forward. I think relationships are going to be the key. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm partial to that, but it's tough to argue with that logic. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Well, and of course that's not negating the need for high results and, and oh, yeah. excellence and outcomes. Um, and But what you're saying is that sometimes um, the, the results can be, quote, promised, via a commoditized process, mm-hmm. and that the, I think, personally, that the uh, outcomes that way sometimes are questionable. Right. Um,
3: and, and, and you know what, Cheryl, the, the other thing that, you know, I, 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 to support what you were saying there, uh, the, the, the expectation of performance is a given. So the mm-hmm. expectation that you have mm-hmm. certain skills or that you can deliver, that's a given,
2: Right. That doesn't
3: distinguish you in any way. Uh, you know, I have a, mm-hmm. a large accounting firm that's a client of ours, and I remember one of the audit partners, uh, a young lady, stood up and she said, "We can no longer distinguish our firm based on, on the audit that we do. Everybody can do a great audit. We right. need to distinguish right. ourselves based on how we work with our clients, how they trust us, et cetera, et cetera." So, so you know, the 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 the, the basic skills that we're learning are absolutely essential. It's absolutely important to get master's degrees and all that great stuff, uh, further, you know, further certifications, law degrees. I'm a CPA, but at the same time, that just starts, that just, that just gets you in the game, that gets you in the conversation right. nowadays. Whereas years ago, that was like the distinguishing point.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about um, the whole concept of technology and this? I mean, we, we touched on it for just a bit early in the show, but you know um there is especially in a young, the very young mm-hmm. i'm talking teenage young generation who is being completely groomed on creating relationship digitally mm-hmm. and you know they i i learned from a um young relative over the um holiday that um she was going steady with a young boy, and I said, oh, how great. Well, so tell me about him, and so she told me about him, and she pulled up her uh, cell phone, and she said, see, he just sent me a text. I said, oh, great, well, so how often do you see him? Well, actually, he lives in another city. I said, well, how can you be going steady with somebody in another city? Well, because, you know, he asked me to go steady on my phone, you know, and I thought, oh, oh, dear, I am so out of it. (laughs) Well, you know, eventually they'll
3: get together and hold hands someday, you know.
2: (laughs) Well, it's amazing, you know. I mean, I guess you could say that's a great way to keep them from having unsafe sex. But, you know, (laughs) um, it just, it just, I'm so curious about what this is going to do with this generation as they evolve into college and the business world. And, you know, what is their premise for relationship going to be?
3: Well, there's two things right now. First of all, there's a gap because that generation still needs to work with our generation. So, as long as that gap exists, there's going to be the need to have, you know, face-to-face contact, in-person contact. Uh, what I found interesting about that generation, I was sitting in a coffeehouse writing a chapter for the book, and uh, there was four. They looked like college kids sitting at a table, and they were talking about Facebook. And I said, you know what, I'm going to bump in on this conversation. I'm going to introduce myself. So I did. I said, hey, you know, I hope you don't mind. I was eavesdropping a little bit. Are you guys in college? Yeah, one went to Penn State, one went to Villanova, and I forget the other two schools. I said, can I ask you guys about this Facebook thing? And they said, because I want Facebook now too, you
2: know. Yeah.
3: <laughs> they said, they, they said um, I said, tell me how that works. And they said, well, first of all, I said, they said, I said you know, tell me, like, you know, how do you friend people? And each one of them said, I don't friend anybody until I meet them. Oh, I was yeah. shocked because I thought well, it was uh, all ethereal relationships. Now, this uh-huh. is, you know, Cheryl, it's one data point. Uh, but they said, you know, why would I share all these things and tie them uh-huh. into my own community if I had not? I said, look, gang, I said, that, my assumption was it was a free-for-all and it was all LinkedIn relationships. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They said, well, they said, well, in our case, I don't f- they use the word friend, and I guess that's the word you use. Uh, I don't friend anybody until I actually meet them. Once I meet them and I feel I can trust them, then I friend them into my community. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. They said now, everybody doesn't do that, and it's, right. kind, of, it's kind of dangerous. Right. And they said right. not, only, you know, not only from a business standpoint, because these are kids in college, but from a right. personal standpoint, like your information's out there and they can share it with mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. And I have a 19-year-old, and I'm worried about the same things. So, you know, we've got a... It's kind of a, a slippery slope we're on with that. I think at the end of the day, though, when they transition into the business world, or even when they transition into education, or whatever, whatever career path they take, uh, I don't see people not gathering for a long time mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and actually working together. Collaborate, the Latin for collaborate is like work together. I think that's what it breaks mm-hmm. down to. And, and I, I don't see, like with, with, with our programs, we b- blend in electronic learning with classroom learning, with mm-hmm. coaching. Sometimes mm-hmm. the coaching is in person. Sometimes the coaching is over the phone. Our mm-hmm. coaches always meet the people they're coaching, though, because why in the world would someone want to be coached by someone they really haven't met in some way? It might mm-hmm. be a video conference, and sometimes it's, 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 not, it's not cable because they're, fo- they're in a foreign country, and we understand that.
2: Sure.
3: I've turned down clients who've said to me, we want to do everything that you do. We, we want you to do for us. What you do for your other clients online i won 't uh, do it
2: yeah, yeah, I believe yeah. so
3: much in the fact that there has to be some human interaction there mm-hmm. uh, because i don 't think that i don 't think that 's changed. Our need for inter- human interaction has not changed, and our our, our you know even though we 're doing so many things electronically, I think the electronics mm-hmm. are a great way to support mm-hmm. it long answer
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it makes a lot of sense, and, um, and I think we need to just stay. Um, stay on this, stay focused, and and help this generation with, it's almost like a crossover, you know, and we need to turn around and learn, and they need to look forward and learn, and um, it'll be interesting to watch it evolve. Um, So, Ed, we just have a couple minutes left, and um, give us a quick um, definition of RQ, Rem- Relational Intelligence, and tell us a little bit of how people can learn more about that.
3: Well, your RQ is, 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 is it's, it's the measure, it's, it's the relative strength of your business relationships, and we've developed a software tool uh, called RQ, and uh, it's an assessment, and you enter in five or six relationships, people you're trying to achieve goals with, and you answer questions about their behaviors with you, Professor David Bush from Villanova University uh, came up with 35 behaviors that are very common in business,
2: Mm -hmm.
3: and Mm -hmm. one of them is they don't call me back. One of them is they refer me. So it's common Mm -hmm. English. There's no psychology involved, even though he has a deep psychology background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we built an algorithm, so you could you could take the RQ assessment today, Cheryl. You could put five of your clients in there or five of your colleagues. And uh-huh. you can answer questions, and you're probably going kind to of, kind of come away feeling like, you know what, I would have thought I would have scored higher. Um, uh, so we built this assessment, and what our clients do is they take the assessment before they go through some of our, our learning processes, and they try to see where their score is. They establish a foundation, mm. and they try to advance it through the learning. And, uh, well,
2: and most people can take this, right? If they buy the book, they, have, they get a code, yeah. right, to access yeah. online?
3: Yeah, okay. if, yeah. if you buy the book, that would be great. You get a free assessment. You go out to uh, our website, and uh, there's a code inside the book, and it's 20 minutes, and um, you'll learn a lot about the five people who you think you have great relationships <laughs> with.
2: <laughs> All right, Ed Wallace, author of Business Relationships, that last five steps to transform contacts into high-performing relationships. Ed, it's been great to have you here today. What's the website people can go to to learn more?
3: Uh, relationalcapitalgroup.com or relcapgroup.com, R-E-L-C-A-P group.com. Either one will get you there. And uh, if you want to take an RQ assessment and you don't have a book, there's a way to email us and we'll, uh, we'll arrange one for you to take.
2: All right. Thanks, Ed. It's been great to have you here. And remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito.
5: They say them white. They say you are brown. But only the angels of God is white now. Only the angels of God is white. Is wise now. Only the ages of child is wise.